This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 17th, 2016. By the numbers, three days lost. Hmm. I wonder if that's how Mary reacted when she realized that Jesus wasn't with them on the return trip from the Passover festival. We're going to look at that in a couple minutes here uh, as we continue our series by the numbers today. Today our number is three, three days lost. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you for today. It's a day that you've made. It's a day where you had in your mind's eye that we would be here worshiping you together. Thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of of your son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your design and desire for each one of us here today. Help remove any distractions that we might have so that we can really settle in and focus on you right now. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. So when the Hebrews were enslaved by the Egyptians, and Moses was sent by God to free them, God sent many plagues to try to get the attention of Pharaoh and his people in order that they would free the slaves. And, and Pharaoh ignored the, 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 uh, the plagues, and, and so God final, finally got their attention by bringing death, death to the firstborn of both human and animals in that country. And in order to protect the Hebrews... They were instructed to sacrifice a lamb and take some of the blood and wipe it across their door frame. And that way, the death would pass over those houses with the blood that was smeared. And, and the Lord instructed them to remember that day. Remember that day, an important day. To remember it by having a yearly festival, a celebration of the day that the Lord freed them from the Egyptians. And it was then known as the Passover festival. In the book of Luke, Luke is in the second half of the Bible called the New Testament. We're told that Jesus's parents, Mary and Joseph, went to the festival in Jerusalem each and every year. This morning we're focusing on the year that they went to the festival and Jesus was 12 years old. And so after the festival, unbeknownst to Mary and Joseph, Jesus stayed behind as they packed up and left. <laughs> they didn't notice that he was missing as they were traveling with lots of people. You know, they were probably in this caravan of lots of family and friends, and well, they thought Jesus was with someone else. Well, when they realized that, in fact, he was not with them, I mean, can you imagine? Can you just imagine what that would have been like? It had been a whole day. So they returned to Jerusalem to look for their son. Scripture tells us that they found Jesus after three days. Say three. I mean, can you imagine? Three days 
and that probably meant three days after they first left town. Mm. And they found him in the temple courts, in the church of that time, sitting with the religious leaders. Now remember, he's 12 years old, sitting with the religious teachers, listening to them, asking questions of them. And here's how Eugene Peterson translates this in, in the, uh, the message version of Scripture. The teachers were all quite taken with him, impressed with the sharpness of his answers. But his parents were not impressed. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> they were upset and hurt. His mother said, I might have been a little stronger than this. Young man, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been half out of our minds looking for you. You would have used the same word, just a little, little different tone. Just yes. a little. I love how Peterson puts the words here. Teachers were impressed, but his parents weren't, you know? He's been missing for three days. And then what Mary says to him, this sounds a whole lot like, this probably sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Maybe you've said it or you've heard it or you're familiar with this. Because, see, at this point in time, Mary isn't in mother of the Savior mode, <laughs> is she? She's more in mother of a 12-year-old boy that has you at the end of your rope mode. Yeah. Continuing on with Luke chapter 2, he, Jesus, said, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I had to be here dealing with the things of my father? <laughs> <laughs> but they had no idea what he was talking about. How do you respond to that? I don't know. I, I'm, I mean, I'm talking to God. Leave me alone. How do you do that, even with a 12-year-old? It's crazy. Well, have you ever been in a situation like that? Um, let me tell you, it is not fun. It's not fun. So uh, we have four uh, grown-up kids at this point, and daughter number two, Megan, uh, on her high school graduation, we lived at Seaford, um, in Seaford at the time, and after the graduation, everybody went down on the field to congratulate the graduates. Well, I realized that Turner, who was five years old at the time, was missing. It was a pretty big panic because actually there had been something that had come out in the newspaper where there was a guy in an ice cream truck, you know, that was... Oh, yeah. And there was so, an ice cream truck there. And there was a purple ice cream truck <laughs> down the road. So, I mean, the tension was high, and it was awful, and everybody was looking for him, including the Seaford police. Young man. <laughs> so when I saw him coming toward me with the cop, I said... Where were you? I lost you. And he looked at me and said, I knew where I was. I wasn't lost. I wasn't lost. <laughs> you know, even back then, Turner was like Mr. Junior Mayor of Seaford, and so he's down congratulating all, the, congratulating all the graduates. He knew more of the graduates than Megan did. But I can tell you, that that was an awful moment that kind of reminds us yeah. of this scripture. So in the same vein, Jesus would have said, I'm not lost. 
I knew right where I was. I was exactly where I was supposed to be. In his father's house, the house of God the Father, talking with people about his father. He was going about the business that he came here to do, starting, starting with talking with the religious lead teachers of the day, asking questions, listening, offering answers, and as Scripture tells us, amazing those in attendance. I mean, this kid's 12 years old. 12 years old. The age at which Jewish boys transition to manhood, typically. Jesus was taking his first steps here into what he would ultimately do it be doing as a man. By the numbers, today we're talking three, three days lost. It's actually a foreshadowing of what would come some 20 years in the future when Jesus would be hung on a cross to die and be buried in a borrowed tomb. Three days lost in the tomb. Three days until the resurrection. Three days separated from God the Father. Three days in hell taking on our sins, yours and mine, with him. Three days lost, and here's the good news. Three days lost resulting in you and I being found. We are found because of his three days lost. Amen. Three days lost in order to give us an eternity with God. And so again, Jesus said, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I had to be here dealing with the things of my father? And then we read this. But they, Mary and Joseph, had no idea what he was talking about. Can you imagine what it must have been like being the parents of Jesus? I mean, we've talked before about what it must have been like to have been his little brother, but uh, what was it like to be the parents, parents of the Son of God, parents of the Savior of the world? I can't even begin to imagine what that must be like. I think, and this is me, this is Alan, I think one of the reasons this story is included by Luke, is to show us that, that this is kind of the beginning of Jesus' realization of who he is and what that means. I'm sure he knew before this, uh, but maybe from a childlike perspective, considering his human side, but this is the point in his life where he's on that threshold from boyhood to manhood, the, the point at which he's becoming an adult point in which his whole identity as savior of the world is maybe beginning to formulate, beginning to take shape, beginning to start to really play out in his life. And as we see here, they had no idea what he was talking about. His parents didn't get it. Even though they had been visited by the angels, <laughs> even though they were told that he was the Son of God, that Mary would bear the Son of God, the Savior of the world. At this point in time, they were not understanding this when he tells them that he had to stay by, back in his father's house, in his father's temple. 
at this point in time, Mary and Joseph were looking a whole lot like us as parents. <laughs> parents who are just trying to get it done, just trying to do the best that we can, day by day, hour by hour, and sometimes minute by minute. Can I get an amen on that? Parenting is hard. <laughs> They're just trying to make sense of it looking to God to get all the help they, we, can get. Parenting's hard, even with the Savior of the world. <laughs> Keep yeah. that in mind when you have a challenge with children. So, he, Jesus, went back to Nazareth with them and lived obediently with them. That's very important. He lived obediently with them. His mother held these things dearly deep within herself, and Jesus matured, growing up in both body and spirit, blessed by both God and people. So even though Jesus stayed back behind in Jerusalem to be in his father's house, even though Jesus really was holding his own, we see that in Scripture. In the deep conversation, he was sitting among you know, priests, the theologians, the religious leaders in the temple, even though Jesus came to realize what it means to be the Son of God and the Savior of the world, we read here that he went back to Nazareth with his parents, and he lived what? Obediently with them. You know, I'm just, I've looked at this scripture a lot, and and I see his mother held these things dearly, deep within herself. It reminds me of when she was visited, that she would bear the son of the world and how she held that deep in her heart as well. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, um, we were talking about when we're reading scripture, it's important to ask the two questions. Why is something included and why are certain things not included? Uh, well, what's there and what's, what's not there. And I, I think, again, this is me, I, I think this story is in here because it's to help us to understand the dual nature of Jesus Christ. The fact that while he is the Son of God, 100% divine, he is also fully 100% human. He's the Son of God, divine. He's the Son of Mary, human. And it's a challenge for us, I think, at least for me, I won't speak for you, but for me, to kind of reconcile these two aspects. Either one is kind of fully human, okay, fully divine, 100%, 100% mathematically is pretty wild, but just just figuring 100% either way, how does that work? And um, I think it's a little beyond our full human comprehension most days, most days. So let's take a look at fully human. What that means that is that Jesus encountered the same temptations that we do the same challenges, same joys, the same sorrows. 
It's hard for me to imagine that Jesus would share those things with me. It really is with us. And yet, that's what it means to be fully human. It means that Jesus gets me. It means that Jesus gets you. Can you say, Jesus gets me? Jesus, gets me. Jesus does get you. He really does. He gets us. It's because he's been there. He's had experiences. He's had moments. One moment that we want to lift up that shows the deep emotion, possibly the angst that Jesus, the Son of God, experienced is when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane prior to going to the cross. And we read in Luke chapter 22, he says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Can you hear the emotion in those words? Fully human means that Jesus is flesh and blood, just like you and me. When he gets cut, he bleeds. When he finds something humorous, he laughs. I love this one poster. I think it's called The Laughing Jesus. It's just, uh, I think it's in the, uh, we have it in the finance office. It's just got this, it's just, it oh, just. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's smiling because of all the tithes that are coming in. Of course. You know, it's just a great picture because we think of, I think too often Jesus is all somber and but a smile, enjoying, enjoying life. On the other hand, when he gets hurt, he cries. He cries. It means he finds great joy at times, while at other, he's, other times he gets tired and weary, just like you and me. It means as a boy, he's under the authority of his parents. He needs to obey. Just like we do under the authorities that we come under. On the other hand, fully divine means that Jesus was there from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. It's the beginning of John chapter 1. You see, that means that Jesus has been forever. Don't try to make sense of it. We can't get all scientific with this. (laughs) It doesn't work. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in God the Father, Jesus Christ, his one and only Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. We talked about Emmanuel at Christmas. Emmanuel means God with us. Father, Son, and Spirit share the same spiritual DNA. And like Jesus told his disciples as he was teaching in his last days, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in him. They are one, yet distinct. Even though Jesus was tempted... Like when Satan tempted him in the desert at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was completely immersed in his Father's will, in the will of God. And so he turned to God in order to avoid such a huge temptation. Divine means that 
when he experienced human challenges, he looked to the divine, the Father in heaven. As we continue that scripture, and we, uh, in Luke chapter 22, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. But then, here's what he says. Say it with me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Fully human, fully divine. Something we try and understand, something we try to explain, something we talk about. I think it's another one of those things that we say is um, at least part of it's a holy mystery. Full, full comprehension, I think, is beyond our earthly human abilities. And so therefore we try to understand, understand as much as we can, and then we basically say, I believe because I have faith. A couple years ago there was a contemporary Christian uh, group, music group called Reliant K. Reliant K had this great song called I Celebrate the Day. We've, we've done it here at Connection at Christmas. But it includes these, these words that we wanted to share actually in the form of question. The song says, and the first time that you opened your eyes, did you realize that you would be my savior? <laughs> and the first breath that left your lips, did you know that it would change this world forever? Yeah, who knows at what point Jesus came to realize fully who he was. The first time he opened his eyes, his first breath. You know, kind of from a human perspective, that's doubtful. We've been around babies. It's, for them to be that cognizant would be kind of challenging. Not so sure from the divine perspective. I, I have a feeling, again, this is kind of an Alanism. I think the main purpose of this text we have this morning, this, what Luke has shared with us here, this text that shows so well both the human and the divine sides of Jesus, I have a feeling purpose is to show us this point where Jesus is beginning to realize who he is and, and why he's here. He's still a few years from the Jesus we normally think of, traveling around with the disciples, preaching, teaching, healing, saving. He's still got some other stuff to do. He's got an apprentice in his father Joseph's carpentry shop. He's still got a few years at home uh, to be obedient <laughs> to mom and dad. But I, I think these three lost days is, is the beginning, the turning point of his realization of, of transition from boyhood to manhood, his realization of the transition from primarily his human side coming through for his divine side showing as well. His realization that he's not only the son of Mary, but he's also the son of God. You know, the public's uh, uh, appreciation, initiation, this takes place later. We see it most likely at the baptism where John the Baptist uh, uh, baptized me, comes up out of the water, and Scripture tells us the, the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. And a voice, and a voice from heaven, a voice from the Father said, um, this is my 
Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. So what does this mean for us? What does this story in Luke chapter 2 have to do with our lives? Well, we are all certainly human, but we also have, when we're in Christ, when we claim Christ as our Savior, there's a divine spark that's in us. A divine spark because you, we, have been created in the image of God. That's good news. We're created in the image of God, so we have this divine spark, and yet as beings, we have a start, and we have an end physically, and yet we are beings that are eternal spiritually. When we think about Jesus being tempted, when he was challenged in the flesh, he turned spiritually to God the Father for strength to get him through the moment. When Jesus was tired and weary, he would sleep to rest his physical body, but he turned to God the Father in prayer to receive true rest, rest of his soul. Hmm. And so our question for you this morning is this, what about you? And what about me? Are we turning to God when we're tempted? Are we turning to God when we are weary? As we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ, are we making that transition from being led by the flesh, controlled by our human side, to being guided and directed by God's Holy Spirit, allowing that spark of the divine that is within us, that's glowing, to allow that spark to go from just a glow to a fire. Allowing the world to not just see us as human beings, but to see Christ in us and through us. To see that divine within us. And finally, most important, when, when we are three days lost, or three years lost, or, or three decades lost, or however lost some of us may be, there's going to come a point. And we realize that it's time to admit that we no longer can find our way by ourselves. It's then that we can admit that we're lost, that we're sinners in need of a Savior. It's then that we open ourselves up <laughs> so that Jesus can bring us home. It's then that we admit and submit to the realization that Jesus is our only hope. Our only hope. And it's then that we realize that he is the good news that we've been waiting for. Mm. Amen. 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 Let's believe it. Let's live it. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church office.